All right, good day to everybody. Thanks for being back with us here on The Canceled Preacher. And uh, today we are going to talk about uh, something we hit on a little bit last week. We um, Last week we spent some time talking about old-time religion. And uh, that, I guess, inevitably led us to start talking about dress standards. And uh, when you talk about churches like ours and a lot of the criticism that's thrown our way, a lot of it boils down to dress, how, you know, how the women dress, basically, um, and uh, music. I, I mean, uh, what, what other one is in there along with those, those there? Maybe hair length on a man. Okay, there, there you go, hair length on a man. Uh, women preachers, maybe. A lot of people, uh, you know, maybe, maybe go that direction. But, but all these recovering fundamentalists seem to have a real issue with um, modesty and music. Yeah, two M's. Uh, and we, we wanted to talk a little bit more about modesty. Um, and go ahead, what's the verse we got for today? Well, why don't we start off with Zephaniah chapter 1, verse number 8. So God is saying to the prophet Zephaniah, to the people, says, I'm going to judge you, utterly destroy the nation. And then, we're talking about Judah here, and then in verse 8 it says, And it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the prince's and the king's children, and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. Now, obviously, it doesn't define what strange apparel is, but they knew what it was. Mm. The Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. And one of the things that we are doing is learning the way of the heathen's dress standards. I mean, we look just like the world nowadays. So you would apply that. Uh, how are you applying that? Well, I'm applying that by saying here, there is strange apparel, apparel that is strange. God so does not want a child of God to wear. So your case is just this. There is strange apparel. There is strange apparel. Because a lot of people say, God doesn't care what I wear. Well, I would say that God does care. Genesis chapter number three. We'll get to that in just a minute. But if you also remember, the scriptures talk about in Proverbs chapter seven, maybe it's chapter eight, where the Bible talks about a woman who wears the attire of a harlot. Now, again, it doesn't say what the attire of a harlot is, but there, there is certainly an attire that harlots wear. It doesn't say attire of a Christian. It says attire of a harlot. So here we've got um, a woman who is for sale. So it's Proverbs 7, and this is one of the famous chapters that's preached on when it comes to morality, purity, things like that, especially the teenagers. I've heard it so many times. But there met him... That's Proverbs chapter 7, verse number 10 is the verse. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. And this is talking about the young man that he observed walking through the street at night, walking near the corner of this um, this, uh, or this woman, and there met him a, a woman with the attire of a harlot. Uh, so there is, there is a strange apparel that God... Now, I, I can already hear people criticizing your, um, your taking of that verse um, saying, well, it doesn't that's not really what it's talking about. You're making, you're you're trying to squeeze it into to talk about dress, but that's it's talking about kings and and judging kings and nations and things like that. But it says, and all such, all such as are clothed with strange apparel, you'd have to really violate, you know, basic principles of Bible interpretation. Well, one one thing that people do is they say if it applies in one case, it can't apply in another. My question would be, why can't it apply to both? Absolutely. Uh, it, it is talking about kings and nations of the time, and it's, uh, it also has a principle there that we can learn from. Same thing with Isaiah. Uh, let me read this one, Isaiah chapter 47. Um, 
that talks about nakedness. This is this is a strong case that uh, that we build right here about what what is nakedness. In the Bible, just with music, it doesn't define you know clearly as far as what the attire of a harlot is, what strange apparel is. But here it says right here, it says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover thy locks. Make bare the leg. Uncover the thigh. Pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. Now, mm-hmm. it's certainly... Um, it's talking about oh, uh, virgin daughter of Babylon. It's talking about the daughter of the Chaldeans. Um, it's talking about millstones and grind meal. But it also talks about uncover thy, uh, make bare the leg and uncover the thigh, and it calls that nakedness. Absolutely. And a lot of people would say, well, that no, that's not even talking about dress. Uh, but why can't it be teaching us both? I think it is, and especially I think the scriptures back it up. The the Bible says, don't build the altars up high where you'd have to have stairs to go up the altar. I think it's in Leviticus. And he says, because, you know, folks that are, you know, that are on the ground, they'll be able to look up and see uh, your nakedness. Mm-hmm. That's that's why God wanted men to wear breeches. You might say breeches or or pants. Mm-hmm. Now, I've this is one thing I've mentioned, just, you know, a surface argument. But if if you go into the store, even the world understood this, you know, um, if the, if a if a woman wants to dress seductively, she uncovers the thigh, you know, or she wears shorter dresses or sh- or, sh- or shorts and things like that. Um, it used to be people understood that, and it was just it was just uh, common sense. I don't know what's your thought. Well, yes, I, we've got too many men that are more feminine than they are masculine. I cannot believe even in our church right here, and uh, men are doing women's work, you know. I mean, this is what I would say. You know, it used to be a woman. In fact, in many places, it was illegal for a woman to ride a horse, you know, um, straddling the horse. They would ride side straddle. It's just thought came to me. Fellows, why don't you just wear ride horses side straddle then? I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna act like a woman, why don't you just go ahead? Because what's going to happen is you're going to start thinking like a woman, you know. And, uh, and, and so it, it, it's a feminist talking point is what it is and it's Mm -hmm. funny that these feminists are anything but feminine yes they're they're very masculine they're very loud and boisterous yeah and uh well they think that um women don't have the same worth because they aren't the exact same as a man they have they feel like they have to be exactly the same as a man to have the same worth um but that just strips them of their true worth god made us different for different purposes um and then of course because one is is, is was made by God to lead because uh, uh be, because of that that uh, that that uh, oh man what's the word I'm trying to think of that purpose for the design okay um, that uh, God made men to lead then uh, that is seen as women are not as valuable not as important they're being held down um, you know why is it that for hundreds of years women dressed in skirts and dress well dresses they wore dresses um, and then as we come out of that, it's like liberating women. Why is that? I think we get away from the Bible yeah. and God's view of male and female. It really is ties into the ones we did on roles a couple months ago. Yes, uh, very much so. And we even mentioned that back when, uh, when women started going to work. Yes. That's when the dress started to change. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and another thing, just before we, we really get down to the nitty-gritty of this thing, Let's take a few more Bible verses. 
First of all, nowhere in the Bible does it say, and he was good looking, or he was very fair, or very handsome to look upon, okay? Um, but it often says she was very beautiful, you know, to look upon. And, uh, and so that teaches us a principle right there, that men are excited by and attracted by sight. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 9, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Mm -hmm. Modest apparel, that's what it says, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. So what the Bible is teaching here is that you're not, some people take it to the extreme and say, well, see that you're not supposed to wear modest apparel. So just don't wear anything. But that's not what that's teaching at all. It's teaching that apparel is right and we are supposed to have modesty in our ladies are, and by the way, the command is to women, not to men. Right. I mean, it just is. And I'm not saying that maybe men shouldn't be modest either. I'm just saying that this verse right here says women should adorn themselves in modest apparel. But that's what the scriptures say. And we were just chatting about this before we turn hit record. We should have hit record about ten minutes earlier. Uh, but women, uh, they try to make they, they try to make again men and women equal. And so they say, well, if a man can be, uh, you know, uh, if a man can be seen uh, immodestly. You know, um, and I don't look at him uh, with lustful thoughts. Then I don't see why a man would see a woman uh, immodestly dressed and have to deal and fight immodest uh, or impure thoughts. Feminine talking point. Yeah, it's clueless women that buy into that. They they just uh, they have no idea. Let's say that again: clueless women that buy into that, and, and they we preach say this that stuff. un unashamedly mm -hmm. and without apology. Clueless women. They don't know. They, they, they don't understand the way God designed a man. It does not excuse impure and lustful thoughts. It is a, it is a man's spiritual obligation to control his thought life, but 90% of the world isn't saved. And I have a problem with my, you know, with, with my wife or daughter uh, being, uh, you know. Uh, On display. Yeah, and, and just gawked after. Uh, I have a problem with that. And, and I think the Bible teaches that you should. Um, the Bible says that if, that if a woman is... Is uh, it commits adultery. She it, it's uncovered the husband's nakedness. Yes, uh, it's his shame, and there's it's it's on purpose by design that a man is jealous over his wife um, in that way. Uh, women just need to let trust a husband, and daughters need to listen to their fathers when they tell them how to dress. Absolutely. Uh, but the thing is, well, you talk about this all the time. It's women that are telling the man. This is the way I see the world, and this is why I think I should be able to dress this way. Right. But we shouldn't see the world as we see there is a way which seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And honestly, we wouldn't have nearly the problems in America that we have with rape and abortion and all these sexually connected problems mm -hmm. that we have if we would just get back to the Word of God. Yeah. First of all, Women shouldn't be running around at night, mm -hmm. you know. Now that is a, you know that that that's a crime to say that anymore. Yeah, because you know? you've made women the victim, or supposedly you've stripped them of their power or their their independence or whatever. We had a doctor here years ago who said, 
you know, men have 95% of the testosterone and women have about 5%. And if women, if you could just take that 5% and multiply that by 100, then you would understand where a man is coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, God just designed us differently. God designed us to want to be the aggressors in the relationship to pursue the relationship right now the whole thing is is backwards and yep. upside down and in reverse that's not what god intended but anyway so let's go ahead well, of talking about that that verse in second timothy was it second timothy or first timothy i'm in first timothy chapter when it talks about two. women to be modest one um one uh criticism i guess of your of what the way you just applied that verse is that it doesn't apply to clothes it applies to modesty of the heart um why can't it apply to both? That's my question. Why can't it? And maybe maybe modesty of clothes comes from a modesty of the heart. It does talk about shamefacedness, right? We yes. Would, how would you define shame? I've heard it defined as um, the ability to blush. Uh, how would you define it? Well, I just I just think it means with, without being glittery, without being um, drawing attention to yourself, okay. you know, having that humble ness um, about your appearance mm-hmm. and that you're not for sale and you're not you know on display mm-hmm. you know you're dressing for the glory of god man people people tear that statement apart and i've heard preachers preach it before they say lady if you're not for sale don't advertise in fact you said that on sunday that's right and people destroy that statement saying that's that's so perverted it's a perverted statement mansplaining toxic toxic masculinity and they just rip that to shreds that viewpoint that uh you know a woman would you know who's advertising so to speak um but again that's women uh clueless women that want uh to effeminize all the uh you know all the men out there right and say uh all that's natural in the way god created created you is wrong absolutely but again basics basic hermeneutics or basic bible interpretation says when the plain sense makes common sense seek no other sense i don't know how you can get around the plain sense that women not men adorn themselves adorn adorn yeah, talking about putting putting clothes clothes on. on themselves in modest apparel i don't know how you get the heart out of apparel modest <laughs> apparel you know but that's that's where these leftists have to go that's where these liberals have to go the problem is is really with the Word of God. you got to have a Ph.D. to figure out where they're coming from. You and, really do. And they're getting to that uh, point. Um, but it sounds good. And in this feminist world where um, if you say a woman shouldn't preach in the church, a woman should remain silent in the context of the church, I mean, that's that's next to Nazism, it seems like. You know, it's just bad. Yeah. And women who are in, you know, trying to fit into this messed up world, they, they like the way that sounds. Uh, and they think that uh, a woman uh, who who can dress how she wants is empowered, uh, or she's independent or strong. Yes, That's dumb. Let's read a few more verses right here because you just touched on it, and the scriptures um, speak about it. And the very next verse it says, "But which becometh women professing godliness." So profession of godliness is is in direct correlation with adorning themselves in modest apparel. Mm. Then it goes on to say. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And it says why? Because Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman, 
being deceived was in the transgression. So the woman, she thought she was doing the right thing. Mm. Because women, they are, they're wired differently. Mm-hmm. Men have a tendency to think more logically mm-hmm. and categorize things, whereas women, they think with more emotion. And when we put the two together, they complement one another. Right. We need what women have to offer. Women need what we have to offer. But that's why God made women to want to be nurturers. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why they've got to be in the home, especially in those early formative years, because a man cannot be a, just cannot do that job. Right. God did not make a man to do that job. It's sickening that we have men running around the houses while their wives are out working, and there's no question about it that the other men that she's working with are flirting with her. If not, there's something wrong with those men. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. While he's home wearing an apron, trying to burp a baby and change a baby's <laughs> diaper, doing the dishes. It's insane. It's insane. A man should not do that. It's just it, it's, it's feminizing masculinity. It just shouldn't do it. But that's what the Scripture says. And so I would say to everybody out there, rather than try to make it all fit, why don't you just believe what God said? Amen. Because you're gonna, you are going to be um, ostracized by the world anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now let's go ahead and talk a little bit more. I mentioned this last week, but I don't know why anybody would have a problem with what we're saying right now because they all have dress standards as well. Mm-hmm. They all have music standards as well. Mm-hmm. They, they do. They just, their standards are not the God's standards. Therefore, they've got to mutilate the Bible. Right. That's and, what they But they, they claim we're doing that. Uh, and this is so good. You said this, and we didn't spend much time on it last week, but um, I said, boy, they, they, um, you know, they, they criticize us as being pharisaical because they say our standards are not rooted in Scripture. They, say, they call them traditions of men, you know. Well, how do you get, you know, skirts and dresses out of the Bible? But... Then, like you said last week, they run to the Greek and cultural context to to substantiate their standards. So who has the unbiblical standard? If anything, they're both unbiblical. But um, the the one that has the lean on culture and context instead of just the what the Bible says, they're the ones with the unbiblical standard. Amen. Not the not, you know. Uh, I think ours is rooted in Scripture, just like it, I just said. The thigh is nakedness. Though you know, women are supposed to be modest. They're strange apparel. That's rooted in the Bible, if you ask me. Uh, just literal interpretation of the Bible. That's right. And, and you see where it's all going. I mean, look where this has led. Years ago, it was transvestites. And that was, that was a big thing back in the 60s and 70s, you know, all these transvestites, you know, men dressing like men in skirts and women in, in pants. Pants was understood to be man's apparel. And, um, and skirts was understood to be women's apparel. And so that was transvestites, cross-dressing. It has led to homosexuality. Yes, it has. It has led to a role reversal. It has led to transgenderism nowadays. We should have and could have nipped it in the bud. But you've got so many preachers out there that are hell-bent on making the world, uh, the, the, the church, as much like the world as possible without feeling guilty. Now you got all these recovering fundamentalists, you know, and um, they've got to go to these, you know, grace churches. Hyper grace, yes. Hyper grace. It's a perversion of grace. Teaching, you know, like Jude says, you know, these men are going to creep in unawares and they're going to basically teach for doctrine, the traditions of men, teach doctrines of devils and turn the grace of God 
into lasciviousness. That's what it's talking about. Basically an excuse to be sensual, right? What did you say lasciviousness was? You defined it on Sunday. Well, it's lawlessness. Lawlessness. You know, it's just saying you can basically do whatever you want to do. There's there's no boundaries. And, and the Bible speaks so plainly. How do you get around it? It says, use not the grace of God as an excuse to... And what's the exact verbiage? I can't even... Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But it says it's not an occasion to, to sin. Occasion of the flesh. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just so clear. So it says... You know, wrong thinking of grace might lead you to believe it's an excuse to sin. Is that? But that is a perversion of it. Beware of it. In fact, the Bible warns against it. God actually, what, what it's talking about, when it talks about liberty, it doesn't mean liberty to sin. It doesn't not talk about liberty to, um, you, know, you know, let your good be spoken evil of. The Bible says that we ought to refrain from even the very appearance of evil. But now with this redefinition of grace and liberty, now we can just live in the very appearance of evil. and um, But here's some of the arguments. And uh, let's just talk about some of these. First of all, this is what people will say. And like you had said just a little while ago, well, how I dress, it's, it's my business. And if a man is going to look, well, then that's his fault. Well, why don't you get a Christian attitude? The Bible says, if what I'm doing makes my brother to sin, then I'm not going to do it. That's what it says. Yeah. You yeah. know, So that's number one right there. So you should not dress provocatively. You should not dress revealing, cleavage revealing, thighs revealing. Right. You know, and I've heard the ridiculous argument, well, it's better to wear pants than short skirts. Well, why do you have to choose between two wrongs? Right. Yeah, for hundreds of years they didn't have to decide. They, they, they never did before. Ankle-length dresses, you know. Absolutely. And if you if you look at pictures in the 1930s and 20s and all that stuff, you very hard-pressed to see any lady without a modest Without being dressed modestly, mm-hmm. both just like just shirts like you and brought skirts. up last week. Who was the guy? Vernon McGee, Jay Vernon McGee. Yep. Said the bar rooms of yesteryear are more modest than churches today. Yep. The ladies, the the ladies in the bars dress more modestly, and and he said that I heard him say nineteen eighties, and so who knows when he said it could have been actually pre- recorded in the seventies or maybe even sixties. And speaking of the nineteen thirties, um. The whole culture was different in a better way in this respect. There was just much more decency. Um, you know, man, there was, there was a video that, that was just just uh, resurfaced, I guess. It was a colorized video clip of New York uh, City in 19, I think it was 1930-something. Every man, full suit, every single man. Yes. They're not walking around in flip-flops and, 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 and you know, trashy-looking shorts and, uh, you know, just uh, some self-respect on the man's side and the woman's side. Now it's all out the door. Women have no self-respect, so they're cheap. They sell themselves cheap. They treat themselves cheap. Uh, it was just all different. And some people think, I, I can't imagine wearing a shirt and tie to go to church. Are you kidding me? They wore shirts and ties to go to the ball game. Yeah, every day of their life they put on a shirt and tie um, because there was this, I mean, if you ask me, that's ten times better than what we got today. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the whole idea is I'm going to dress for me. Well, I would say to you, lady, why don't you decide to dress for God? Why don't you get your uh, your dress standards from the scriptures rather than from what you want? That's number one. That's good. You, you know, that's number one. But let's go back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter number three, everything changed. Um, chapters one and two, they were living in perfect harmony and union, walking with God, living in the Garden of Eden. And then they sinned and they fell. And the first thing that they realized is that they were naked. 
They were naked. The Bible says in chapter 2, they were naked and unashamed. They sinned, and now they became naked and ashamed. And so they decided instinctively, I've got to clothe myself. Okay? And so they did. They sewed fig leaves together. And then God came down and said, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? I called for you, and you didn't answer. And then finally they said, well, we ran and hid because we were naked and ashamed. That's what they said. And they said that when they were clo- well, clothed in fig leaves. They were clothed in fig leaves, and, said, and they said that to God at that time. And God said, who told thee that thou wast naked? So here it is in God's sight, in, in their own sight, what they were wearing was not proper attire, okay? Because they themselves say, we were naked. We're naked and ashamed. So that's why we ran and hid. The shame came because of the nakedness. So anyway... And so God says, well, that's not going to work. I don't want you clothing yourself because you're not going to do a good job. I want to clothe you. And so this is what God said. Now, all those people that dress for comfort, all those people that dress, well, I'm going to dress my way, I'm, you know, just my thing, you know. God says, I'm going to make for you coats of skin, coats, coats, not, not tank tops, coats, mm-hmm. coats of skin. And then I want you, Adam, to go out. And in the sweat of your brow, I want you to wear that coat in the heat of the day while you're sweating till the ground. That's what he said. Now, as far as, and then Eve as well. Now, and by the way, God put Adam, God called Adam to go out and do the heavy work, the heavy right. labor. Okay. So with, um, I can hear some people already saying they're, uh, well, okay, so why aren't you wearing a coat then? They say, well, how come you don't run around in the summertime with a coat? If you're going to make, if you're going to build an argument on that, how come you don't run around with a coat if that's, if that's what God did in Adam and Eve? Um, but the principle you're preaching is not that we need to wear coats. It's that what the way we dress ourselves is inadequate. Okay, and so a lot of folks will say, okay, well, then I won't dress in such a way whereas people will lust after me. But there was nobody on earth except the man and the woman, mm. that was it. It was Adam and Eve, and God says, okay, so I want to dress you because I got to look at you, you know? And, uh, and so God says, I want to put you in coats of skin. Yeah. Now, a coat would be a covering, uh, uh, obviously, you know? And so we think coat being for cold, but a coat is for covering, and that's the basic principle. Yeah, so that, that about um, people not lusting. Do you think, before you get into uh, that verse you're about to read, do you think that, that maybe independent Baptist preachers, or in, not just just preachers in general that preach on this, may make a mistake when they make, the, when they make the modesty issue all about, only concerning, um, well, you, don't, you, have to, you have to dress so that men won't lust? Well, I think that that's probably a good argument, but I don't think it's the only argument. I think as long as you keep it scriptural, again, God, the Bible says so many times she was good looking, Mm -hmm. very beautiful to look upon. Yes, yes. So there's obviously God has designed a man to look at the beauty of a woman, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, the uh, the idea that that you have to dress so that a man doesn't lust, uh, that there there. It's like so so many other things. There's a balance because, okay, so maybe that may not be the entire well, I don't think that you should dress so a man shouldn't lust. I think that, that you should dress because uh, modestly because God said dress modestly. Right, because you just said in, in Garden of Eden there was nobody there. 
and God commanded that they cover themselves. Um, but uh, that, that certainly is an aspect of this. You can't you can't discount it. Um, but if for these all these women that say, well, I, you know, it, that's their business of you know uh, they just need to they just need to you know uh, clean up their mind so to speak. And I'm going to dress, I'm going to dress, and it's their problem that they're going to lust. Well, it, be consistent with that and then just wear nothing then. Because yes. if if they're going to lust, they're going to lust. But that's that's such a it's such a self defeating argument because uh, even the most brainless people understand that, like you just said. Uh, Women are beautiful, and God made it to be so. And uh, something that's beautiful has value ought to be treated like it does. It's like it's valuable. Absolutely. Not just, just like throwing your pearls before swine, so to speak. Absolutely. Now, in Isaiah, first of all, before I read this, God, I, I remember talking to a, somebody a while back, and I very seldom speak on this. But it seems like for, for people that, uh, some people, that's all they hear. Yeah. You know? That's all they hear. It seems like I can count on one hand the amount of time I've heard you say women shouldn't wear, shouldn't be running around in pants. Uh, uh, you hardly ever make an issue of it. Right. Because if your heart's not right, what difference does it make? Right. So you got to get the heart right, but you still got to preach the whole counsel of God. Right. But, um, but I, I remember telling him this. I said, okay. He said, why doesn't God say anything about it? I said, you must not be reading the Bible. Right. Because there is a whole lot in the Bible about apparel, a whole lot about it. And here in Isaiah chapter number three, this is Isaiah now. He is also telling the nation that God is going to destroy them. And basically because of the way the women dress. In Isaiah chapter three and verse number 17, therefore the Lord will smite the scab and the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion. And the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls and their round tires like the moon, the chains, the bracelets, the mufflers, the bonnets, the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings, the nose rings, the changeable suits of apparel. God doesn't like that. He says, what you are wearing, I don't like. Uh, the, 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 just the whole thing and uh, the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins. And it goes on and on and talks about that right there. God says, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the way that the women are dressing. And he says, in the day that I judge Israel, I'm going to deal with this problem too. Mm-hmm. All throughout the Bible, we, we read of, of um, dress standards, yes. clothing, yes. all throughout God the talking Bible. about dress. So what's the principle you're drawing from there? Well, again, the idea that I just dress whatever I want. Yeah. And uh, God is saying, okay, there is strange apparel. Yeah. And I'm going to judge the nation because of the way the women wear strange apparel. Because I can already hear people saying, well, I don't wear crisping pins or round tires. You know, I don't do any of that. Um, and just trying to deconstruct what your whole premise here by picking those little details and saying, you know, that's ridiculous. It doesn't even apply to us. And you you tell me all the time not to talk about cultural context, and you go doing all these things that I don't even know what you're talking about. Right, but this is a cultural context. This is the Word of God. There's a difference that's right good. here. That's good. This is the Word of God. And so, yes, when people start talking about cultural context, as far as, for example, uh, we, we've all heard it said, well, you know, the ladies wore skirts in the uh, – uh, prostitutes wore skirts in the in the Bible days – they just put a slit in their skirts. Well, how do they know that? Right. They don't. They don't know that. They don't. So the argument Someone goes, told them, but... Right, right. But 
Uh, it doesn't say that in the Bible. Right. Not that I know of. So I've never used that argument. That's good. But let's also go to Deuteronomy chapter, what is it, 22, verse number 5. You have it there? No, I do not. But Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse number 5. I believe that God is giving us the Old Testament because it's how he feels. This is what God thinks. Yeah, it's the mind of God. It's the mind of God, exactly. Now, some of the things in the Old Testament are done away with, and some of them are not. Things that need to be taught, like, say, for example, the Sabbath, that is not a conscience thing. That is something that God is going to say, okay, I'm going to reveal to you the Sabbath, and I want you to keep the Sabbath because it's a picture of the personal work of Jesus Christ. So we call them ceremonial laws, laws that have to do with um, temple worship and things like that, worship in the Old Testament. But Deuteronomy chapter 22, I think it's verse number 5. Would you read that for me? It says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Okay, so let's just go ahead and just start with that verse. Now, what some people say, well, look at the context. The context is king, and therefore there's some things that are obviously done away with and that we do now. That's true. I will grant that. However, let's go ahead and go back to Genesis. Nobody had to teach them that they were naked. That's right. Nobody had to teach them that they were naked. Okay? So when God says, okay, so for example, I want you to tithe, or maybe I want you to do the Sabbath day, um, and I want you to, you know, offer lambs rather than pigs, you know, on the altar, now that was all God teaching them about Christ through pictures and through types and illustrations. But this is a whole other level here because they knew instinctively when they sinned that they were naked. So... So here we see what God is saying. It's another verse regarding clothing. So it's before the law, it's in the law, after the law, you know, the Old New Testament. And so this is what God is saying. Let's go ahead and tear it apart um, piece by piece. Go ahead and read me the first portion of it. Of the same verse? Yes. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. So let's stop right there. This is what God is saying. The woman shall not wear. Now this is a command now. This is what God is saying to the Jews. And by the way, we would be, even if it was done away with, even if, say, some of the judiciary laws were done away with, the, the um, dietary laws are done away with, we would still do better to obey them. Yeah, we would. You know, um, not trusting in them because they're a, a foreshadow of things to come. Right. But we would still do better by yeah. not eating, you know, um, unclean animals. Right. You know, and, uh, and so... This is what God is saying right here. He says, you, all you Jews, he says, I don't want any of the women to wear that which pertains to a man. Now, I've actually heard it said, well, that's talking about a woman wearing a man's genitals. You know, it's unbelievable <laughs> where people will go with this. Before. Yeah, a, a homosexual acts, you okay. know. Um, so, and then it goes on to say that a man shall not wear that which pertains to a woman. This is transvestite. This is cross-dressing right here. And then it says, all they, everybody that does that, everybody, it says an abomination to God. Yeah. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. So an abomination is worse than hate. I mean, it's taken detestable, despicable, you know, right. um, lukewarm. It takes, it takes all of those and saying, this the strongest word that I can use to tell you how much I detest certain things like sodomy. Right. You know, um, he says, this area of cross-dressing right here, transvestites, yeah. men wearing that which pertains well, to a woman. Yeah, and it's sodomy in its infancy. That's what this That's is. exactly yeah. what it is. And God is saying, nip it in the bud. And so we we just need to do that. Yeah. Um, so um, 
what about like say a a girl who uh, this happens all the time. A girl who puts on a, 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 a or will go. A, she wants to find a, a larger T-shirt, and so she goes to the men's section to find a T-shirt that fits a little looser. Or maybe she wants to wear, uh, you know, instead of culottes, she'll maybe buy men's basketball shorts to be quote unquote modest. Uh, how, how do you how do you come down on all that stuff? That's well, what, that's a good question, and and I think this, I think that a, a man needs to wear what is unquestionably masculine. And a woman needs to wear what is what is unquestionably feminine, but there are going to be gray areas, mm-hmm. thin lines, yeah. and you're going to have to answer. In the end, you're going to have to answer to God for it. We are not trying to say you have to dress the old-fashioned Pentecostal way, where showing your wrists in public was a you know a sin, showing your ankles in public are a sin. But I, let's just say this. They may have been right, Mm -hmm. but in the end, we're going to have to answer to God. But we just can't ignore the plain teaching of Scripture. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I get it. I know what people say. Okay, well, we're going to put this to the extreme test. Well, your wife wears pajamas to bed, you know, and and their pants. Okay, well, she's going to have to answer to God. Right. You know, in the end. It does come down to personal decision. That's right. Yeah, but I would also... say to anybody that you need to fear God. Yeah. In the end, you need to fear God because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that fear, the fear in and of itself will keep you from dancing with the devil and yeah. flirting with sin and yeah. getting as close as you can good. to the line, mm-hmm. you know, because if you really, if you really thought that you were walking in a, in a minefield, you would take your steps very, very carefully. That's in fact, good. you wouldn't even get in the minefield. That's good. Um, even if you thought that there was a treasure in the middle of the minefield right. because of fear. Yeah. And uh, what God is saying is, I want you to fear me first. It's the beginning of wisdom. Um, and so, I, you know, there are some principles. So other principles. Let not your good be spoken evil of. Paul says when it comes to things that make my brother to offend, mm-hmm. make my brother to sin. Now, that is a hard one. That's a hard one right there. You know, where, does, where do you draw the line on that one? Well, again, it comes back down to, I think, fearing God, some Bible principles. You know, commands are what you do all the time. I yeah. mean, you just God says do it, do it, period. But principles, they have to be applied in mm-hmm. different situations. And so you're consistent. But, you, yes, you're going to have to be consistent. Like we've had people, you know, you know, and we've got conservative music here, but people have come and said, well, that, that music reminds me of the bar room, you know. Uh, so should we accommodate that that Christian? Because they say, well, that makes me think of my bar room days, you know, uh, because if it caused my brother to offend. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, where does that where does Well, that I think that as much as possible, we have to we have to have music that will not will not do that. Uh, and um, but again. But like you said last anybody, week. Anybody, anybody can say, well, I don't I have an ulterior motive. I don't want music in the church at all. So any music at all, any right, music, right. happy birthday, reminds me of the way they used to sing happy birthday in the bar room. Therefore, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, so, so yes, people some can common go to sense, I take Common it. sense, and, absolutely. Um, and wisdom, absolutely, in that area. But this, this, this dress, okay, dress standards, um, a lot of people, uh, feel like this is the Achilles heel of independent Baptists. I, I don't care about independent, you know, defending independent Baptists. I could care less. Like we said last week, 
Um, we are we are independent Baptists, right? Um, but uh, I'm not trying to defend the the the, the, bat, the church down the street. Who you know, we're independent. But a lot of people feel like this is the this is the uh, this is a battle we can't win. Uh, the reason why they feel that way is because the world has gone so so quickly down the wrong road, you know, and we feel like, I don't know, we've got an indefensible position. Um, but I don't think it's indefensible. I don't think we need to apologize for it. Um, uh, right? Well, there's more in the Bible on dress standards than there is on beer. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know? And there's a whole lot more in dress standards than there is on drugs. Oh. You know? So I would say if you're going to be consistent, be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's where this leads. Most of these people that end up, you know, they they leave, uh, they start going left. Next thing you know, it's it's nothing wrong with drinking occasionally. Gambling. It, it goes right playing there. Playing the lottery. Smoking. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that because, after all, you have destroyed basic principles of interpretation, and uh, which is, I think, a violation of Scripture. You know, we need to have childlike faith. God says what he means and means what he says. It's better to be wrong with too much faith and literal interpretation than right with too much doubt. Yep. Although you're never going to have to choose between the two. Right. And even if you were wrong in the end, it's not like God's going to get up there and punish you and take away your crown because you just him too much. <laughs> you know, trusted him too much. That's <laughs> right. exactly right. right. Amen. Amen. But you know what? There's ladies in our church that um, they, they don't, they, they're not convinced of this. Right. And that's fine. They'll always, they'll always be that way. It's always going to be that way. But we have got to preach the word of God Mm -hmm. and And just let them take it from there. And like you said last week, if you don't make if you don't make the standard high, especially in the church, but also think of this in your family. uh, If you don't make the standard high, if you don't if you just say, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to have a standard. Yes, you will have a standard because it's going to slip so much to where you're going to have to deal with it um, in the home or in the church. Just like you said last week. Talked about yes. your early days here, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's just the nature of the beast. It's going to slip. It's going to slide. It's gonna tend towards more and more wickedness, worldliness, um, and you're just it's gonna make itself a problem to where you're gonna. I know one it. of these these hyper grace people, you know, and uh, boy, they're recovering. Boy, they've been wounded in spirit because their mom and dad made them wear skirts, you know, <laughs> and dresses when they were kids, and they say, well, you know, the dress standard that's that's a bunch of baloney. That's legalism. That's what they call it, legalism. And um, but I guarantee you this: the one that I happen to be thinking about is going to be a doctor. And um, I guarantee you one thing: they'll abide by the hospital dress standards. That's true. You yeah. know, so so what they'll do for money, they won't do for God. Mm-hmm. They won't do mm, for that's God. Good. And you got you got tr- um, bus drivers. You know, um, I used to drive a bus, and the dress standards for the bus drivers back in the 1980s was very high. Tie. Tie clip. that have to be clean, your clean shaven. Clean shaven. places have to be clean right. shaven. Used and, to anyway. And then you would, you would actually, before you went on the road, you would actually have to be, be looked at to make sure. And I remember. Dress check. Dress check. Oh, man, they, they destroy colleges over dress check and hair check. Well, don't go the, in the military then, right? you hypocrite. Right. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let me say this, too, about skirts and dresses. I've, you've said this before, and you said, skirts, you know, the reason why we go to the skirts is because we got this fear of being feminine. Um, and you got girls running around, they want to wear their jean skirts all the time. What is so wrong with just embracing some femininity? Yeah. Uh, and uh, a lot of times you, you don't want to wear a dress. You wouldn't be caught dead in a dress because it's way too delicate and feminine. Uh, but we go to these jean skirts, you know, these yeah. trashy looking, frumpy looking clothes because we're afraid of wearing. Uh, and not, not that there's anything wrong with jean skirts, but. Uh, 
What's wrong with the dress? The, it might be the attitude behind it that's wrong. Right, right. Right, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? 20, 25 years ago, did you know what? Ladies in Congress had to wear skirts. Oh, my goodness. They, they just changed that about 20 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, and a fellow that goes to church here said um, he used to go to the, the public, public school down the street. He said that the standards in the public school when he went was the same as our Christian school in our church. Uh, he said that. He said that's the way the, the girls dressed, and the guys you know, had, to, had to dress. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me, you know, what are your dress standards? I say public school dress standards. Of the 1950s. Of, of the 1950s. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Our standards, uh, and, and I, I would kid around and say our standards, in fact, are looser. Then the public st- public school just ended. Yeah, mm. of the 1950s. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So good. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I, I, let's stop here. But this whole feminism thing. Let me ask you a question for all those who buy into feminism. They think the woman has to be empowered. If somebody has to be empowered, do they really have the power? That's very very good. And, yes. Uh, you know, it, that's the way the government's supposed to be. We're supposed to empower our leaders so that they don't really have the power. Yes, we right. give them the power. If, if a woman has to be empowered, she doesn't actually have the power. She has it from a man who gave it to her, uh, if that's the case. If men have to bend so that women can be empowered, women don't have power in the first place. Uh, Very good thought, but yes. I guess we'll end there. Um, thanks for any, listening in today. Yeah, thanks for joining in. Uh, and uh, Don't forget to reach out to us if you'd like to. And We love hearing from you. Thanks for, uh, for listening each week. We'll uh, be back with you next week. God bless you.